Hey, this is Rich. Welcome to the Voo Church Podcast. I am so excited for you to hear from my good friend, Louis Giglio. Now, Louis is the global pastor of Passion City Church. And in so many ways, I really think that Pastor Louis is a general in the faith. And he's a huge inspiration in my own life. The way he breaks down the gospel, gives an authentic and clear picture of Jesus, I'm just telling you, you're gonna be blessed. And in today's message, Pastor Louis shares on the thought, the GOAT, G-O-A-T. What's so great about Jesus? And as we lean in together, I believe you'll catch a new revelation of grace. Wherever you are on your journey, Jesus answers your biggest questions. He holds tight in every season. I love uh, your pastors, Rich and Dawn Cherie, and I just say this everywhere I go now. We have come through the most challenging season in a generation of global uncertainty and crazy. And anyone leading anything should be applauded that you made it. If you're leading a family or a classroom or an organization or a small business, unbelievable. But I'm telling you, if you're leading a church where all kinds of people come through the door every single Sunday, um, not all on the same page on every single issue that we're dealing with right now, and you still can make it about Jesus, love people, serve the city, and build the church. I'm telling you, these guys are legends. They have been before, but I love you guys. Proud of you. And my first time at Voo Church, I don't know where I've been, but um, it's so good to be here. And obviously, we've been watching what God's doing from day one, from the drop, and praying for you, encouraging you. And we love this city, and we love what God's doing in this city. So thanks for letting me be a part of it today. I'm, I'm sharing a message today called The Goat. Who knows what the goat stands for? The greatest of all time. Now, we are in a culture where we have lost uh, the reins on our superlatives. You know what I'm talking about? So um, somebody, your car breaks down and a friend shows up to pick you up. I'm telling you, this guy is a legend. This guy is like the legend. I mean, no, he really just came like eight miles and picked you up. We'll see if he's a legend or not. History will record this and then they will take care of the legendary status at the end of the day, right? Or best day ever, best time ever. It's like, what'd you do? We were at the beach, man. It was the best day ever. You've never been to that beach? You know, we go there all the time. Last time we went, it was the best day ever, but this day was the best day ever. Putting a lot of pressure on the next time we go. Not as good as the best day ever, but we still had an okay time. But he's a legend. And the goat is the same thing. So whatever, if you're in like professional bowling, I'm sure there's a goat. If you're, you know, into music, there's a goat. If you're thinking about a certain genre, there's a goat. But by definition of the greatest of all time, there can only be one goat at the end of the day. I want to talk about that today. And I'm kind of have a subtitle and the subtitle is I never even have titles. So the fact that I have two titles is kind of making me nervous. But my subtitle is what's so great about Jesus. And I, I want you to take hold of this message today, because I believe even if you came into the house today, loving God, 
You came ready to worship. You came into the city ready to worship today. You came into South Miami ready to worship, even at home or wherever you are. You said, I'm here because I love Jesus and I'm following Jesus. You're going to get a ton out of this message today. But I bet everybody in this gathering right now knows somebody who's on a search for Jesus. They're somewhere on that journey. They may not even know it's Jesus that they're looking for. Had the privilege of meeting this amazing young man in the last couple of days. And just immediately in our conversation, he found out I was pastor and um, he immediately, we got on the subject of spiritual things and he was just so open to say, I'm on a spiritual journey right now. I'm looking for where there's a connection for me right now. And at this stage of his journey, he, he doesn't know that he's looking for the goat. He just knows he's looking for something meaningful. So um, he's on a path to meditation. A lot of people have been on that path. He's on a path to looking around through the universe. And this guy is amazing. I think our meeting was God's plan. And I believe he's going to find the goat in the season to come and um, find what his heart is looking for. And if you know someone on that journey, this would be a great day for you to say, hey, go check this message out because this is who I believe you're looking for. What's so great about Jesus? And I think it's a fair question. So I'm not asking it like coming at you. I think it's a a question anybody who isn't in church today and isn't following Jesus today might ask the question. So, so what's so great about Jesus? I mean, he was a good teacher. He was a good leader. Um, he had a great movement, seemed like a nice guy. He's definitely got some legendary status in history, but what's so great about Jesus? So we get an answer for this and maybe, uh, Well, I'll just say one of my favorite passages in scripture in the book of Colossians. And in this letter, Paul is writing and Paul is wanting to clarify the centrality of who Jesus is. And so the church has just been born. Jesus has just ascended back to the father. And in this season now, the waters are murky. So people are wanting to add a little to the gospel or subtract a little from the gospel or put their own spin on the gospel. And Paul's like, no, I'd like to recenter everything on Jesus. And so the subtitle or the header in between the verses in Colossians coming into this text in verse 15 says, the supremacy of Christ. So that's not in scripture. Someone put those in later to let us find what the the chunks are about. But this chunk is about the supremacy of Christ. Can you say that with me? The supremacy of Christ. That's a big word. That's a superlative word. That's a word that you can only use if it is supreme. If it is legendary. If in fact, we're talking about the greatest of all time. And we're coming into this text with a reference to Jesus right above it. And so there are a lot of pronouns in the text, the he's and the hymns. I'm going to put Jesus wherever there's a him and a he, just so we can make sure we know who we're talking about. Verse 15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for by Jesus, all things were created things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, can you say all things? 
all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. We've already got a pretty good clue on why he's the greatest of all time. Verse 17, and Jesus is before all things. And in Jesus, all things hold together. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything Jesus might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. Oh, come on, church. Can, can we just give Jesus praise? Wow. Are you kidding me? We're, we are on board with who Jesus is today. And what we see, number one, is that he created day and night. Jesus was the agent of the Trinity that brought forth the creation. So in the first verse of scripture, when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In fact, in the beginning, on behalf of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus was the agent of the Trinity that created light. So when God said, let there be light, Jesus said, let there be light. The light of the world is the best person to announce, let there be light. And this, we see this many places in the New Testament that it is Jesus who is the operational agent of God who brings forth creation. And so by definition, if you made it all, then you're the goat. Because anybody else who claims to be the goat is standing on the planet that you created. Therefore, you are the goat. You're the greatest of all time. Isn't it amazing today that that's who we came to worship? That's, that's who we're in a relationship with if we put our faith in him. I have a friend who has an amazing view right now um, out, his, out of his windows in his bedroom, a stunning view. And that's because he's living in this place. I'll show you where he's living right now. He's living, and uh, by the way, that's not a computer-generated graphic. That's an actual photograph of the International Space Station taken from the Soyuz capsule, which was coming uh, to the station. And on approach, they took this photo about 10 days ago. And this thing, the International Space Station, is orbiting the Earth at about 230, 240 miles above the Earth. It's going 17,500 miles around the Earth right now. And on it are a handful of astronauts, one of whom is my friend Shane Kimbrough. And Shane has been 
in space three different times and he's got senior status, if you will. So they, they launched on a, a SpaceX rocket from Florida back in April, went on the Dragon capsule, which docked on the station and is docked on there now. You can see these capsules that are docked on the station. And so instead of sleeping in a normal astronaut International Space Station sleeping quarter, which is somewhat like a phone booth, if you remember those back in the day, there'd be like one here on this side here, down there, and up there because it doesn't matter where you sleep because there's no gravity up there. You just get up there and sleep in your thing or get down there and sleep in it. Close the door. You're in there. You strap yourself in your little pouch and you sleep. And he didn't, he didn't want to sleep in there. And so he's, he chose to sleep in the dragon capsule. So every night when they have dinner wrap up, he goes to the dragon capsule and he's in there by himself, got a private suite on the International Space Station. And the cool thing about it is it's got two windows in the dragon capsule so he can see out. And so occasionally my phone will ring and I've got the number programmed in as Shane in space. <laughs> hey, Louie, how are you? Church was great Sunday. I loved it. Loved the message. Loved being there. How's Shelly? Good, how are you? <laughs> Did you get the photo I sent you? Yeah, I got it. Like two days ago, I flew over Atlanta, took a picture out the window of your house and the church and downtown. And it's just like, you know, you hang up and you're like, that's crazy. This guy is going 17,500 miles an hour. He's circling the earth, you know, a bunch of times every day. And I, he just called. In fact, a, a page of my Bible is up there with him. I won't get into that story right now. It's kind of weird, but I'm missing one page right now. Don't hold it against me. And people are like, wow, that, that was cool. And I'm like, it was cool. But can I just maybe contextualize that a little bit? I rode over here to church at the South Miami location today with some amazing guys, human beings, but I also rode here today with the creator of the heavens and the earth. I know him and I have a relationship with him and he knows me and he's the goat because all things were created by him. Everything that has been created has been created by Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is the greatest of all time. Footnote, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> One of the greatest athletes ever. Maybe the greatest boxer of all time, but not the goat. Because someone created us and this. He created day and night. Second reason he's the goat is because in every season, now, let me, second reason we know he's the goat is because Jesus answers the biggest questions in life. It says it right in this text. Look at what we were reading. It says, all things coming down to the end of verse 16 were created by Jesus and for Jesus. So what are the biggest questions in life? What is everyone in Miami asking Ultimately, what is everybody on planet Earth asking? We're asking the big questions. Who am I and why am I here? Who am I 
And why am I here? There's seven and a half billion people on this planet right now. Who am I and why am I here? Is there a significance to my life? Is there purpose to my life? Is there meaning to my life? Is there a reason for my life? Who am I and why am I here? And the scripture says, oh, I can answer that for you. You were created, so that's one big piece of the story, by Jesus as an agent of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you were created for Jesus. So who are you? You are the handiwork of Almighty God. Who are you? You're the design of the creator of the universe. Who are you? You're a masterpiece made in the very image of God. You are not random or ordinary or incidental or accidental. You are made by God. My, my father was an artist, and when my dad would do a big work of art, it would usually be some abstract piece. He would sign it down on the bottom. His signature said, I made this. And do you realize today that you have the signature of Yahweh woven into your being? You are created by God. You are not just a process of chance. You are created on purpose, valuable, beautiful, unique, extraordinary. That's who you are. Who am I? That's who you are. You are not simply the result of a decision of two people. Now, they may have decided something. But the scripture says you were knit together by the hands of God in your mother's womb, that he knew you before you were born. You are his idea, his design, his creation, and you carry his mark in your heart. Whether you know him or not, Yahweh's signature is on your life. Why? For him. So you have an amazing wife, husband, incredible. We all celebrate that. But at the end of the day, you weren't created for them. And so if you don't understand that you were created for something greater than them, they're not going to be able to ever be for you what you were created for because you were created for the goat and the goat created them. You weren't created for money. You weren't created for your, your gifting even. I mean, it's great that we all have a gift, right? It's great that God's given us something unique that we can contribute to the world and use to build up the common good. But the thing that you're good at is not why you were created. You were created by God and for God, specifically by Jesus and for Jesus. And until we find that relationship with Jesus, we're not going to ultimately be satisfied by the gift that Jesus has given us or what can come to our life through some other thing or person that he has made. You were made by him and for him. You were made to be in a relationship with him. You were made to know him. You were made to be intimate with him. You were made for him to let you know how much he wants to be in a relationship with you. You were made for fellowship with Jesus. You were made to walk with Jesus and live in Jesus and live for Jesus. And you were made ultimately to give 
him glory so that whatever you did, wherever you went, whatever your gifting opportunity, whatever stewardship God gave you, that you could use that moment in such a way that you could bring glory to him, shine a light back on the goat and our lives. I'm telling you, they take on ultimate goat status when we use them to give glory to the goat, to the greatest of all time. He created day and night. He He answers the biggest questions in life. In every season, Jesus holds tight. There are people who came into this gathering today and you don't know how you're gonna make it or if you're gonna make it in the season that you're in right now. And this text is telling you the goat has got you. He's gonna hold you. He's holding you now. He's been holding you every moment of your life and he's gonna hold you through it all. It says that he, talking about Jesus, coming down to the next verse in verse 17, is before all things. In other words, before there was you or me or us or anything else, before there was even a debate about whether he is the greatest of all time or not, he was there. He's before all things and in Jesus, all things hold together. Can you say that with me? Hold together. Let's say it together. Hold together. In Jesus, that's how things hold together. And, you know, a lot of times I think we reach for these scientific things and say, so that proves God or that proves God. And a lot of times the beauty of the intricacy of the world God has made just really shows that God has a sense of humor. And I found that out over a dozen years ago, and some of you may have already seen this as probably the most profound thing that God has ever used me to be connected to. It wasn't even really my idea, but I, I got in on it because God's good. And um, I, I'll tell you the story really fast. I was on a tour with Chris Tomlin. We were traveling around America doing these nights of worship, and Chris would lead, and I would preach, and I had already preached this message about the stars and how it all connected back to the cross. But on this tour, I was preaching about the human body and how God has made the human body so miraculously and supernaturally. And um, uh, actually, um, you know, that message hadn't come together yet. So we're, we're doing this thing on the stars and we're doing this thing on the galaxies. And we're in, I want to say, Tyler, Texas at the Oil Palace. Anybody from Texas online, you can, uh, I don't know if the blink place is even standing or not. It was a dump all the way back then. And um, <laughs> I don't know who played there the night before, but we got the benefit of, uh, of their show at our show, if you know what I mean. Uh, the atmosphere had a distinct uh, kind of flavor to it. <laughs> and so we're in there, a couple thousand people having this night of worship, and there's no green room, there's no backstage. It's just kind of like this dome structure outside Tyler, Texas. And Chris's family is from near there, so he had a ton of people there. I didn't, didn't have any family from there, so I'm just kind of hanging around afterwards. And I can either get back on the tour bus or kind of roam around. So I chose to roam around. So our amazing team's tearing down stage and production stuff's coming down, and I'm just kind of roaming around. And this guy walks up to me and he says, hey, can I say hello? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, just wanted to say hi, da-da-da, blah, blah, blah. And it was all great. And then he said, so uh, what's next for you guys? I know Austin, Texas tomorrow night is the last night on the tour uh, what's, what's next for you? And at the time, I hadn't, we hadn't planted Passion City Church yet. So I said, well, uh, I'm going home and I'm gonna be preaching at the church that we attend for my pastor next Sunday, actually. And he said, oh, great, what are you preaching on? I said, well, I've been working on this new message and it's about the glory of God in the human body. And he's like, oh, okay, well, like what? 
And I said, well, um, and so I gave him like everything I had up to that point. Like, you know, at six months in the womb, you have one eyelid. And miraculously at six months in the womb, it, it slices in half and you get two eyelids and no one knows why or how. I talked about how many blood vessels we have in our body, how many neurons there are in the human brain and what its computing power is. And I'm just doing all my stuff. And he says, well, like, what's your left hook? Like, how are you going to close this thing out? <laughs> you know, this talk you just gave, you put that X structure up there on the screen from some faraway galaxy. What's your big, like, shut it down thing? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have that yet. He goes, I got it for you. I'm like, you do? He says, yes, I'm a molecular biologist at the university down the road. It's like, that would have been a good thing to let me know right before I went into all my molecular biology business that I just shared for the last five minutes. He said, your left hook, Louis, is laminin. And I went, excuse me, come again? He goes, it's a protein molecule. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, base molecule. It's a cell adhesion molecule. It's like, I'm probably not as ready to give this message as I thought I was. And so then he just drops it down to my level. He goes, you know, like what rebar is? I said, yes, I do know what rebar is. If you don't know, it's those steel bars they put in concrete when they're building a bridge or an overpass or a foundation for a building. He said, laminin is the rebar of the human body. He said, it's what holds us together. It, it holds your skin together, holds your organs together. It's the glue of the human body. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell everybody about laminin. And so he literally, he literally, he pulls his wallet out, gets out his card from the university, turns it over, writes on the back, L-A-M-I-N-I-N, hands it to me, says, go look it up. And I'm like, okay. I'll go look up laminin, cell adhesion molecule, base molecule, rebar. All right, this is my left hook. So no kidding. And I'm so, I, I, I think this is pretty accurate. I would say that when I got to my computer and got online, remember this is a dozen plus years ago, I'm pretty sure I'm the first person that ever Googled laminin. <laughs> and I'm sitting on this tour bus and I'm like, what is it? L A M. I type with one finger. I N I N. All right. And then I go. What? Because this image came up on the screen. Laminin, people. That's the molecular structure of a laminin molecule of which there are millions, if not billions in your body right now, holding you together. So do you wanna see the actual, an actual photo? And remember our bodies are mostly water, so it's all squishy inside. Uh, but the, here's what laminin looks like.
oh, that's, that proves God. No, doesn't. Just shows he has a sense of humor. It just shows that before all things, when he said, and I hold all things together. And then we know before that, that he created all things by and for him, that when he created, he connected this text together. And he said, I'm going to actually make you and hold you together with the rebar of a molecular structure called laminin, which is in the shape of the cross. Again, it's not a scientific proof of God, but it's pretty interesting. He created day and night. He answers the biggest questions in life. In every season, he holds tight. And in death, he gives life. It says in the next few verses that he's before all things. In, all, in him, all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He's trying to make that point, by the way, that he was here first. And the firstborn from among the dead. So that, and this is, this is why he's the goat. The text is telling us this. So that in everything, not just in the theological realm, not just inside the church realm, not just if we're talking about religion realm, but in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through Christ's blood shed on the cross. So we got millions of little crosses, microscopic crosses holding us together, literally. But we have one cross, the cross of Christ, that is holding us to God forever. And the, and the way that it unfolded was that Christ died for us, was buried in our grave, but was raised from the dead by the power of Almighty God. And this is the gospel. We are here today, both because Jesus was dead, but mainly because he's not dead. We came today to celebrate that Christ died but our story today is that he didn't stay dead. Because if he just died, then he gets to stand among the great religious leaders of the world who also are dead. But the fact that he didn't stay dead made him stand out and become supreme and unique among all people who have ever been on planet Earth because he was the first one who was dead and was born again. And the way the text says it is, he's the firstborn from among the dead. Two things here. Number one, sin doesn't make you bad. It makes you dead. 
Religion tells you sin makes you bad, and here's the path and the plan and the process by which you can make yourself better. The gospel tells us that sin makes us spiritually dead. And here's the reality. A dead person can't do one thing to help themselves. Doesn't matter what the plan is, what the process is, how much effort or energy you want to put in, you're dead. And dead people can't help themselves. And so the gospel gives us a bleak story. Sin makes us dead. But then it has this miraculous twist. But Jesus gives life to the dead and raises the dead to life. I'm telling you, if you didn't know, in case it hasn't become clear to you, Jesus didn't step down off of his throne in glory to make bad people a little bit better. He didn't step down out of heaven to improve our condition. He didn't step down out of heaven so that we could be a little better version of ourselves. He came down from heaven to earth to raise the dead to everlasting, eternal life. In death, Jesus gives life. And that's why he's the goat. He's the one who beat death, hell, sin, guilt, shame, condemnation, and the grave. He beat decay and raises us up into brand new, miraculous, supernatural, never-ending life. And he said, I'm the firstborn. Any, any firstborns in the room? Okay, no, I know you're feeling good. <laughs> He's the firstborn. What does that mean? It means that all the time your heavenly father was thinking that you could be the second born, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. You want to be born from the dead? Fifteenth. Would you like to be born from the dead? Sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Would you like life? Twentieth. Would you like life? Twenty-first. Would you like life? 22nd. Would you like to be alive? 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 Because we got a firstborn from among the dead who has the power now to give the gift of life to everyone who puts their trust in him. He's the greatest of all time. He's not one of. He's the only. He's not in a lineup of great moral leaders. He's supreme. Don't include him in the paragraph. He's his own paragraph. He's his own category. There's nobody else in the competition. He's never looked over his shoulder. He's never had a need. He's never had a question. He's never asked anybody for help. He's never read a map or Googled anything or 
asked for a loan. He's never been short or late or weary or tired. He's never had a problem that he couldn't solve. He's never faced a foe because he has no rivals. He has no enemies. He has nobody that's even on the playing field. He stands above. He is higher. He is greater. He is better. He is stronger. He's more glorious and more powerful, more beautiful, more loving, more gracious. He's God. And then nobody like him. Jesus is the greatest of all time. <laughs> he's the greatest of all time. Or he's a fraud and a fool. Because he was convinced that he got here first. And that from the very beginning, it had always been Jesus. So where does that land today? It just lands with me kind of looking at me in the mirror going, who's your goat? Who's your greatest of all time today? Who's speaking meaning and significance and value into your heart today? Who are you leaning on to, to be the glue that keeps you steady and stable even in hard times? Who are you living out of and into? Is it Jesus? Only Jesus. Lord, we love you. We're stunned and amazed by you today. Jesus, we could use every word in our vocabulary. We could sing every melody that is within the human heart and we still couldn't fully capture the beauty, the wonder, I pray that you would do by the power of your spirit what you always do, that you would open the eyes of our heart that we may see and know you more. I pray for anybody on a journey today. Maybe they're a few steps away or feel like maybe they're a mile away from finding true spiritual meaning and purpose. I pray that you would open their eyes today to see you, Jesus, standing there, light of the world, light in the darkness, truth for the ages, the way to the Father. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. If this ministry has blessed you, consider giving by clicking the link in the podcast description or visiting vuchurch.com slash give. And hey, stick around. Next week, I'm kicking off a brand new collection of talks on mental health. Breathe when anxiety attacks. I'll see you soon.